Welcome to the Content Pros Podcast, where we unlock the strategies and secrets of the best content marketers in the world and ask the questions you've always wanted asked. Content Pros is sponsored by predictive content analytics software, Inbound Writer, and online proofing and collaboration platform, ProofHQ. Now here are your hosts, from Oracle Marketing Cloud, Chris Moody, and from Sysimos, Amber Nasland. Ready? Let's talk to the pros. Welcome to another episode of Content Pros. I cannot tell you how excited I am to finally talk to the one, the only, Nick Westergaard. Nick is a dear friend of mine and a digital agency owner, marketing professor. Um, I think he's probably a spy in his second life. Um, but legitimately, Nick's the chief brand strategist at his agency, Brand Driven Digital, and he's been blogging about marketing since the dark ages of the internet, like in 2005 or so. My favorite part, of course, is that he's a fellow Hawkeye, professing about marketing, too, at the University of Iowa, which is my alma mater, so go Hawks. He also produces a killer marketing event called the Social Brand Forum in October in Iowa, and I'm totally biased because Sysmos is a sponsor and will be speaking, but really, seriously, you should go. So, Nick, welcome to the show. Thank you both for having me, long-time listener, first-time caller. <laughs> Fantastic. So great to have you here. Um, seriously, though, you've been, you've been in this game for a really long time, and I'd like to know a little bit more about your agency and what you do, and um, since if you've been doing the marketing thing for, for ages and ages, why digital, and um, what have you learned about the evolution of social and its place in marketing today? That is a really interesting and, and sprawling question. Um, no, well, you talked about like since the dark ages, and uh, um, you know, I was doing some math, and I think I started my first uh, blog spot blog uh, in 2005. So this would be like 10 years of blogging, which uh, doesn't feel like that long, but when you say it like that, it sounds it sounds like I've uh, I've been at it for a bit. Um, but on why digital, um, it's interesting because after uh, also graduating from the University of Iowa, uh, I was looking for a, a job that was a little bit interesting, and um, I found one working for an entrepreneurial publishing company, and it was right in the you know uh, early uh, early aughts, uh, 2000, 2001, and it was right around that time when the publishing business was going from being this big kind of direct marketing uh, workhorse, lots of direct mail. I literally started in a mail room, uh, but not incoming mail, where we were assembling the outgoing direct mail packages, like business reply cards, some of those great old school things. So I, I, th I kind of think of that as my, my other informal on-the-job education. So I got to learn about all of these kind of classic direct mail, direct marketing principles, which I think are more alive and well inside digital, social, and, and content marketing than, um, than, uh, than, than people think. You know, I was listening uh, to, to your recent guest, uh, Eric Qualman, and was talking about just that, about kind of some of the 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 back uh, you know like the what's next the kind of flashy fun question that people are looking for I, I think he called it like uh, the magic beans or you know that you know what's the app I'm not using and I think the decidedly less sexy answer uh, are all of these kind of classic strategic principles that are kind of tried and true and and like I said I, I think are 
are alive and well in the in the content we create, uh, especially. Nick, the first line on your website is we live in a brand-driven world. So I'm curious for you, what advice do you have for companies that are trying to build social or content brands? Uh, well, really just that, that um, you know, I've been introducing an, an idea uh, at workshops and speaking, and I'm actually working on a new course around this uh, that will be offered for the first time next fall here at the, the university. I'm actually... Uh, stepping outside of the uh, College of Business, where I spend most of my time, and over to the School of Journalism and Mass Communication. But uh, it, it's really building on this hierarchy that um, you know I, I think is a lot like um, you know we talk about Maslow's hierarchy of need, right? The things that you have to have kind of checked off before you can move up the list. You know, so that you need like basic food and shelter before you can move up to, you know, kind of love and belonging and relationship stuff. And I think with building brands online, that so often we're quick to skip to some of the things that are higher up in the hierarchy, as opposed to building that base and making sure that you have a brand that stands for something that still has a story to tell. We're so quick to jump into all of these channels and content formats and we don't always, you know, I, I say that the megaphone for how we market has changed but we often forget to make sure that there's something behind that megaphone first. I'm such a huge proponent of branding in general because it's sort of the background that I that I came from. But um, one of the mashups I'm thinking about here is we, we were just um, fortunate enough to talk to Mark Schaefer recently. And you cross this chasm between educating marketers of the, of the incoming generations and also having been in the shoes of these companies who are missing some essential brand components to their, to their digital marketing. So I want to talk for a minute about the skills that incoming marketers have. How do you feel about the state of marketing education and are, how are you working to profess that sort of brand first message in what it is you do at U of I? Well this is the the right podcast uh, that, that more should be listening to because the the chasm that spooks me is is in content creation uh, especially um, I mean, I, I, you know, when you talk about, I think that in the College of Business there isn't nearly, and it's not just Iowa, it's, it's in many, uh, I try to talk to as many doing what I do at other institutions, and there is not a lot of focus on content creation in Colleges of Business. And that said, you go over to where I'm uh, going to teach this, this new class in journalism and mass communication, and you have another sector that's struggling as well. I mean, you talk about I mean, the journalism news side of things, but I don't think that there's always real comfortable bridges built across to um, developing commercial content. Um, and, I, I mean, I know that there are a lot of uh, recovering journalists working in content creation, um, but I, I, I think that there's a lot of really great work to be done there. But I, I think that uh, on the academic side, you know, uh, everyone jokes in business that things um, 
move at the speed of business, and I think sometimes uh, moving at the speed of, of academia um, uh, is is sometimes a little slower than business, and and really can't be. I mean, it's it's hard because you don't want the the tail to wag the dog, but but with all as fast as technology is moving, we have to at least stay ahead of this and be creating the right people for the right jobs. Marketing education has come up a lot, and another recurring theme is standing for something. So you mentioned that when you were talking about brands and you have to stand for something. And I know personally that was one of the things we tried to align with on our team because essentially we represent marketing solutions. And if we're doing our job effectively, the people that we help are getting promotions. So we're helping marketers grow in their career, which is a mission I can get behind. We're really passionate about it. But for folks that may not have that mission statement, what would you say to them? How do they develop that? What should what should they stand for? Well, I mean, I think there, you know, one way you can tackle that too is by considering, you know, size of organization. And I think sometimes we look at these, you know, giant, you know, mega brands as the only good brands out there. And I, I think, you know, while those are certainly easy examples to to sort of recall. I think that there are also, uh, you know, that smaller brands have a lot going for them as well. You know, oftentimes, you know, the person who started the business isn't that far away. So you have some sort of an idea on what that spark is. That you know, I, you know, what what gets your organization up and going in the morning? What's your reason for being? Why you do what you do differently uh, than others? Um, and you know, you, you can get closer to the source of that. I mean, I also think that because of size of smaller organizations, there isn't as much infrastructure, and you can pivot and uh, refine your brand sometimes faster than you can at larger organizations as well. Um, but I, I, I think that it's, it's a lot of work, and it's uh, something that we're kind of, rushing past, I, I feel also, in terms of the marketing that we're doing today. And I think that, you know, it's, you know, the concept of branding, I don't think, has done anyone favors. Uh, uh, on on my podcast, where I, where I talk about branding to, uh, uh, you know, branding thought leaders, to people in the trenches building brands, one of my favorite things was uh, uh, Patrick Hanlon, who wrote a very good book called Primal Branding and another good one called The Social Code. Um, that talks about that branding conversations used to be like molding fog. And I, I think that that's a, a, a pretty telling example because it's, it's, it's hard to get your arms around the concept of what it is. So I think you have to take a somewhat systematic approach. And I think that things digital actually help us get systematic with branding because I think everything that is digital is really the, the sum of all of those uh, brand touch points as well. Nick, I'm going to take a little bit of a a left turn on you because this is this is coming up in my in my brain as you're talking. Um, there's a, I want I'm almost backing up a minute because talk to me about what you think defines brand because I think there's a lot of at times misunderstanding about what branding means and there's all this personal branding and 
um, social branding and all these kinds of things. So talk to me about what some of the fundamental elements of brand are that we need to be keeping in mind as digital marketers moving into this new era because I'm not sure we've all got it right. Well, yeah, I, I know, and I mean that's why I mean I, I gravitate to you know we all we all speak and um, it, you always kind of get hung up on like what your um, you know what you know what you're talking about in terms of business. And then oh, are there nonprofits here because they don't like being called businesses? Are they organizations? And and I, that's why I just kind of take the easy out and go with uh, what we're talking about as a brand. And if you back up from there and say, okay, so what's a brand? The definition I usually run with is it being any noun, a person, place, or thing that needs something from someone else. And that needing of something can be uh, to purchase something in the business context, can be advocacy, but some sort of action. You need someone to do something. And, of course, then the marketing of those brands is that we do that by articulating a series of ideas and touch points um, that help us draw the audience close and inspire them to take action. That's my, that's, that's what I've, that's my Frankenstein of a brand definition that I've, that I've sewn together. Uh, oh, I'm getting real, real morbid on the podcast. Sewn together from other branding <laughs> definition courses there. I love it. Frankenstein, a brand Frankenstein. Franken branding. There you go. There you go. New new company, new agency will spin up. Someone will grab that domain <laughs> after listening to this podcast. So yeah. how how do content and brands work together? I mean, how have you used content to grow your brand and what should other folks learn from that? Um, I think that, you know, to answer the the first part of the question is the relationship of brands and content. Um is that I think if you know your brand better and your audience and understand your brand promise, then that blank page of content that you're creating should look a lot less daunting. Um, I, I think, you know, it's it's a pretty good sign if you've, I, I talked about leaping ahead to all of these other fun buzzwordy things, to social, to content, to paid stuff, to the next best app, um, and then we get there, and ah, what should I be doing here? I think that that's a pretty good symptom of the fact that you don't have a clearly articulated brand in place at the foundation of all of this, knowing who you are, what you stand for, and what people are looking um, looking to you for as well. Um, and in terms of, of how we did uh, what we did, um, I mean, I have been... Um, I talked about blogging for, for 10 years, and it's just, I mean, I talked about uh, starting at this publishing company, very entrepreneurial, and it was right around the time that all of this direct mail was becoming direct email, list building, email marketing, e-commerce, and, and I got to, at this entrepreneurial outfit, um, uh, be responsible for a, a big part of that shift. And... You know, looking into things digital, I was fascinated by blogging, and you know, uh, you know, it, it, like everybody's story, you know, you read Seth Godin's books, you get excited about all of this, and you think I'm going to go plant my flag. And I think that you know, my first blog post is you know, somewhere uh, out there, um, and um, 
you know, I, I think, you know, you go through phases. And I, I'd say I started blogging before I knew what the brand would be. And then I, you know, took that practice to another job, another uh, marketing job I had at the time. And then about eight years ago, I came into what was our um, family business that I really didn't see myself in. But after working in various marketing jobs, I thought, you know, more than just, you know, being this singular marketing individual at various organizations, I would like to help many different types of clients. And um, as I think Amber pointed out uh, before we started recording, I have a million kids. So being entrepreneurial is not always the easiest. And I'd already been moonlighting, um, you know, doing some freelance work uh, for various clients of the agency at the time. And I thought, you know, before I start my own thing and uh, certainly seem slightly less secure or um, to, to start my own thing, why not, um, you know, kind of rewrite the business plan for what the family business was and could be. And that was taking things more digital in their focus. And, um, and honestly, you talk about the role contents played, and though it was not a part of that business plan I wrote, I think the content that we created really drove that as well. I mean, that's our primary new business engine, both in terms of the digital content and then over the past um, three, four years as we've gotten into the event space with the Social Brand Forum, which uh, and, and we do that kind of in the second half of the year, and then spend the spring right now uh, doing these digital marketing boot camps uh, around the Midwest, which is a day-long workshop that kind of lets me take some of my teaching outside the classroom. But really, those live events, uh, I know that we think of content and we think about podcasts, videos, uh, blog posts, and, and everything else. But really, the, the events, you know, short of a published book, um, you know, a an event is really kind of kind of like super content. I love. Um, I'm going to get back to your event actually in a second here, um, but before I do that, uh, I need to thank one of the people that actually helps make Content Pros possible, which is Proof HQ. Um, what they handle is some of the the difficulties around getting approvals, edits, and collaboration around content because everybody's got input and feedback. So you can kill some of that drama by using Proof HQ, which is a slick web-based system that allows everyone on your team to collaborate on content executions like blog posts, ebooks, slide shares, infographics, you name it. So you'll be more productive and more creative if you use Proof HQ. So you can check it out at bit.ly slash Proof HQ. So Nick, I want to talk about the social brand forum because there's there's a lot of digital marketing events out in the world right now. So why did you think we needed another one? And what's different about what you're trying to do with the social brand forum? Because really, I mean, the, like the world got so saturated with digital marketing events for a while. You could go to one every week if you wanted to. Um, but I think, yeah. I think yours is a standout for a few different reasons. So talk to me a little bit about why it's different and why you decided to tackle the event thing. Yeah, well, it's interesting, too, because, you know, even ones that uh, have cropped up since the social brand forum, you know, have even gotten uh, bigger and better as well. I mean, I think of, you know, social media uh, marketing world that, that just happened uh, last week. Uh, but what we do differently or, or why this uh, event 
exists um, is I found myself going to all of these great events and you know like you said you can you can find one um, pretty often if, if you wanted to uh, to hit the digital marketing events circuit uh, but what I was finding was that they were all in the same uh, location or types of location uh, you know it's lots of great events in in Boston and San Francisco uh, all over the place and I would attend these events I'd speak at these events and then I, I joke that it took me a while to realize that then I'd come back to Iowa and you know uh, there is a fair amount going on here if you look at um, kind of not not just Iowa but also the Midwest so I thought I wonder if there are a group of thirsty digital marketers here in the Midwest that would come to something um, and uh, you know that, that was a little bit closer that was a little bit different so that was our hypothesis that we tested out in our first year uh, 2012 and uh, we kept it small and this actually leads to something else that's different because we kept it small thinking okay we don't want to lose our shirt on on some event here uh, let's keep it small let's keep it single track and we learned by doing that that um, we sold the event out and we have in subsequent years we keep nudging it up in size back to size in a moment um, but we learned early on that one of the things that people liked the most was uh, that single track nature of it that as people were coming to the event uh, that is a little bit closer here in the Midwest from you know both from from Iowa from bordering states Illinois Wisconsin Minnesota and really pulled in people from from all over the place then as well but um, in looking at this event because of where it was located uh, it can be phrase this delicately it can be priced uh, for the Midwest and uh, many people found that they could attend this event as a team and because it was single track they could sit and listen to all of these great speakers and they wouldn't have to go back and play that game uh, of telephone internally and say oh I heard this person they were kind of talking about what's well, kind of like what you heard but and so then they there's this little bit of a disconnect whereas if they all heard the same thing they go back on the same page and ready to bring about some change and the other thing I talk about beyond the single track is the size of the event uh, because there's a lot I mean the the single track nature is obviously a function uh, of the size as well but we've always worked to nudge the size up but we also want to keep it to what I call a Goldilocks event where it's big enough that it has that um, conference excitement that we all love but not so big that oh I don't even know if I ever saw that person or you know oh that was over in the expo hall I never made it over there that it is um, you know big enough to have that excitement but also small enough that you really feel like you can connect with uh, the speakers, you know, I, I, one of the things I love is that our speakers, you know, stay around for as much of the event as we can because we're all there in this room. Our speakers often ask questions, um, are involved in larger conversations as well. So it's really, um, uh, it's it's an event I I love putting together. It's it's I mean to bring it full circle, it's a piece of content I love creating. 
Let's jump back over to content creation since you hit on it there. You mentioned the event as a big piece of content. Where do you stand on the breakdown of quality versus quantity? And by quality, I don't mean you should put out things that are terrible and look bad and don't really support your brand, but more effort level. So should you be spending more time on a big polished ebook or a big polished white paper, or should you be doing more blog posts? And where do you stand on that balance? Um, well, I it's it's interesting because I mean that is kind of directly related to I I mean from my point of view I mean that, I'll also selfishly say we're a we're a small you know organization with about a half dozen or so employees and another half dozen or so freelance types, um, and we don't have a huge staff and we don't bring in an army to put on the forum. And I, I bring that back to content because I, I would rather put on a solid event of this size than something sprawling where, you know, you maybe don't have um, the same level of, of quality. Um, I mean, I, I think you talked about uh, Mark Schaefer, and I think over the past year, he's only sharpened, uh, you know, this really good thesis that he started with that content shock post a year ago and I think you know that's usually how I end a lot of talks that I do about content as much as we get excited you know that we could be hitting this point where we're gonna be as all of us marketers turn our content engines up to 11 and you know think that you know more content is always more in terms of quantity and not quality that that is an easier definition of more and I, I think that that's gonna get to be if it's not if it's not already a really hard um, a really hard thesis to support I mean I, I think I mean especially I mean all of us are sitting here in the business of creating marketing content and we're in about the most saturated uh, side of it also I mean so I, I think that we have to, I mean, and I think this connects back to, to the brand side of things, too, because that is your voice. That is who you are. Instead of creating all of this Me Too content, um, you know, we need to look for what we're saying that's different. What is that point of view that is our reason for being? And how can we amplify that as opposed to just kind of chumming the waters with all of this Me Too content? Um yeah. <laughs> the the phrase chumming the waters is is one of my favorites. So I'm I'm just gonna I'm just gonna say that I'm glad you used it. <laughs> um, but anyway, um, when it comes to I'm gonna, I'm just gonna hit you with like a, a quick question here. Do you, is it's more of a uh, a yes or no thing? Do you be, do you believe that there is still an opportunity for um, companies, organizations, nonprofits, brands? to break through that clutter and make a difference through content or are we hopelessly under the quagmire of too much content and and we should all just try something different well I, I think all of us are all of those parties that you listed off which is kind of all of the people and things and and everyone is you know is 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 vast and sprawling I mean I think like I mentioned us in the in in marketing content land, I mean, those of us talking, creating content about marketing, I mean, I, I think we're there. I mean, I think um, 
in terms of talking about it's got to be different I mean there is uh, there are so many posts about you know just take something I mean topical when we recorded this something like meerkat something like uh, you know what came out of uh, Facebook's conference last week there are so many other places where marketers can go to get that that I mean I think it's incumbent on all of us to say okay why why does someone need to hear from Nick or someone on the brand driven digital blog about that I mean what what can we add to this that said you said companies nonprofits all of these things I also think that it's a whole big huge bell curve and I think I talk to organizations all the time and my favorite ones are the really interesting ones that are like in some crazy triangulated uh, vertical of a vertical and nobody's doing anything there and nobody's creating any sort of blog content or pon podcast content around this little slice of the market and it's like it's I mean there's some areas where I think it is still uh, blue sky there's less and less of that real estate but um, I mean I, I think depending on where you're at I think there is still a place but that said, I think that it's more of a renewable resource if you not only claim that space, but claim it in a way that's unique. And I think that's why, you know, you look anywhere, look at any stage of that bell curve, and the smartest voices, the ones that are still shining through, even in, in, in our uh, marketing sphere, are the ones that have a strong brand with the unique voice. Nick, I should have just given you the last sponsor link because you pretty much said everything that they do. So Inbound Writer is another sponsor that helps make this happen. And their main goal is telling you how your content will perform before you write it. So they have a content analysis tool. It forecasts how your content will perform. It does real-time analysis of your site, your competition, and even search engine behaviors. It allows you to know which topics will work, which won't, and why, and helps to remove the guesswork from all your content creation. They have a special offer right now. It's a free month trial for anyone who listens to our show. It's inboundwriter.com slash content pros offer. And we'll link that up in the show after we finish. Nick, we have one more question. Thank you very much for your time. And now we would like to know, what did you want to be when you grew up? Oh, um, I wanted to be a lot of different things. I, I, I like to draw, still do, don't. I get to do it as much as I'd like to, but I, I think an artist for for a while, and then then I would go through this phase where I'd see characters in things, and I'd like what they did. So then I thought uh, for quite a while that I was going to be an actor and studied theater arts here at the University of Iowa, and uh, padded that out with a little psychology safety as well, and then ended up doing uh, neither of those. Uh, uh, in terms of marketing, but uh, my go-to joke is if you are going to go into marketing and didn't have a, uh, uh, a business degree, that uh, psychology and uh, theater arts, you, you do okay with that combo. That's so, that's, that, yeah, that's so true. Um, and you're a fellow <laughs> right brain nerd for me, so I love that. And uh, incidentally, if you guys haven't seen any of Nick's um, artwork. One of my favorite slide decks ever is the one you did. Was that for Marketing Profs last year? The B2B was, forum? Yes. Yeah. Yes. So Mark did this is I or sorry, Mark. Um, Nick did this amazing deck that he hand drew. Is I hope it's on SlideShare. 
Is it? It is. Yep. Yeah, yeah. It is. So go check out um, Nick Westergaard's deck from the Marketing Profs B2B forum last year, and you can see some of his handiwork. It's one of my favorite things ever. So thank you guys so much for joining us for this episode of Content Pros Podcast. And thanks, of course, to the outstanding Nick Westergaard with his million children for joining us today. <laughs> if you want to find more about Nick, um, his work, his agency, and, of course, the social brand forum that we talked about, head over to branddrivendigital.com, and you can find out all about it. You can also check out more of our episodes of Content Pros at contentprospodcast.com. Subscribe on Stitcher or iTunes, and, of course, we'd love it if you'd leave us a review. So I'm Amber Naslin from Systemos. My co-host is Chris Moody from Oracle Marketing Cloud, and we will look forward to seeing you on the next episode of Content Pros. Thanks for tuning in to Content Pros. Please leave a review and subscribe on iTunes or your favorite podcast listening app. Go to contentprospodcast.com for a complete show archive and greatest hits. Content Pros is sponsored by Oracle Marketing Cloud, Systemos, Proof HQ, and Inbound Writer and is produced by Convince and Convert. Find more great shows like Content Pros at marketingpodcast.com, the first search engine for marketing podcasts.